Support the Amigos podcast on Patreon or PayPal and receive cool perks and rad swag. Visit our page at everythingamiga.com support. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we are celebrating the best of 2020. I don't have to tell you or anybody listening that 2020 has not been the most fantastic year of all time. (laughs) But we are not here to talk about all the unpleasantness. We are here to celebrate this glorious podcast in its fifth year of existence and the best games as chosen by the fine, fine listeners of this podcast. Five years, but Bo. That's incredible, isn't it? It is. It is incredible. <laughs> I can't believe it. It is incredible. <laughs> but before we get in to the awards part of the ceremony, Aaron, there's been a lot going on in the wider Amigos community and the wider Amiga world in general. So we would be remiss if we didn't talk about that stuff. So why don't we scoot on over to our YouTube channel and just kind of catch everybody up on what's been going on the past couple weeks because last week for the Christmas show, we didn't go over the uh, the YouTube channel updates. Correctamundo, Boaster. So let's start off with, uh, of course, if you missed it last week, we did have a, the uh, uh, coming together of all of our shows, all of our buddy shows here that are on the network. I want to build this one more time and plug it because this is so much fun. Uh, we got ourselves Jack Flack over here. We got uh, the Pixel Gaiden fellas, and we got the Brant was even here, so I, you can't have it all. Uh, but that was a good time, uh, Boatster. A lot of fun. Uh, if you uh, missed out on that, come and catch it. I, I really had a good time doing that. A lot of fun. Um, let's talk about uh, what we did on ARG last week, Bo. Okay. So last week was the high score challenge. I'm not going to Brent's wacky uh, pie pieces, Bo. And this time out, the Brent wanted us to pick two games that we could do high score challenges with. And that's what we did. We picked, uh, I, I picked Gyrus on the Atari 2600. And the Brent picked Popeye for the arcade, which, as you'll recall, Boat, I believe you, one of us picked Popeye on one of our early shows for the NES. That was, uh, yeah, I think that was episode two of ARG Presents. I believe that you chose Popeye for our NES episode. Was that me that did that? That sounds yeah. like me, because you know I'm a big Popeye fan. Well, I'll tell you something. I learned about myself, Boat. I'm a big Popeye fan, but I'm not very good at Popeye, because I went out there <laughs> and sucked up the joint. You know, it's funny. I, I went back after listening to the, your show. And I went back to the, I played both the NES version and the Sailor Man version, the stunning, yeah. uh, the stunning port on the Coco. And I could rock those games like nobody's business. I could loop that sucker, no problem. First thing, Popeye for the arcade is a different beast altogether. Yeah. It's a hard game. I don't remember, I don't remember Brutus being that uh, aggressive. Yeah. He was he's really, he's the one you like stink on a skunk, man. Yeah. You know, so he it was, but we had a good time. We had a lot of people uh, turning scores, and mm-hmm. we appreciate that, by the way, because you know how it is, Boat. Uh, audience participation get get you hosed every time. So there you go. We appreciate that, fellas. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to uh, miss out on this uh, before we move along. You know, our good buddy, the Frodo NL. He's been he's been doing some streams. I catch these things every chance I get because they're always entertaining. He's played a bunch of wacky crap, Boat. Mm-hmm. And this time around, it looked like he was going to get some puzzle action going on his mystery. Now, I didn't get to see this one. This one snuck in on me. In fact, I'm just seeing the uh, listing here for the first time, so I'm going to definitely check that out. Uh, have you caught any of Frodo's streams? 
Yeah, yeah, I I tune in. You know, Frodo, he is he is the great thing that's uh, that's awesome about him is you can check in for a couple minutes and then you can come back two and a half hours later and he's still at it. That's he right. is the master of longevity on the streams and he plays some games. I really like one of the games he played called Locomotion. You've got it up on the screen yeah. right now. Have this we, is uh, have we looked at this before? I think that we have, and this is one of these games that uh, you know I it's. I'm horrible at because I can't think logically, but yeah. Frodo's a pretty good hand, and I enjoyed watching him playing it and his lively commentary. Yeah, yeah, Frodo, Frodo's, and he always has an interesting bunch of people. And there are a lot of people that I that I don't usually see, so it's yeah, kind of an interesting blend of folks. So yeah, check out Frodo stuff; it's always good. Um, let's go over here now. Here's one uh, boat that came out of the blue. Uh, unless you watched uh, uh, our Thanksgiving marathon, you wouldn't have seen this. But myself and the Brent got a wild hair uh, boat. And look at that goof. My God. Six shades of stupid, the Brent. But anyway, you know, uh, we took over the reins for the Coco Show for a week. And just for fun, uh, we did a little game that's called Mega Bug. Mega mm. Bug, Boat. You're, are you familiar with this one? I am. I'm I'm intimately familiar with Mega Bug. Uh, what do you, what's your opinion on Mega Bug, if I may ask? It sucks. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. Shut me up. One of, one of the worst Pac-Man-like games I've ever played. Uh, the best part about it is the dance that the bugs do. Um, yeah. The worst part about it is the game. I agree. I, well, I mean, I, it's on. A, it's a technical achievement. I do. I do think it's. I, I do like that uh, uh, part. A uh, part of it. But yeah, the magnifying glass. I never knew it about Dung Beetle or the Apple Connection. I didn't know any of that stuff until I did yeah, this show. Yeah, the story is kind of interesting. Yeah, I, I, in fact, I like the story or the, <laughs> the little dance. Uh, I like the story uh, more than I did the game. So, but yeah, yeah. that's it. we had a good time on the Coco Show, and we'll probably me and you and Brent have all talked. We'll probably crank uh, every once in a while. We'll just fire one of these suckers there out. There will be more Coco shows in the future. Yeah, and, sure. uh, and and Atari and every, mm. you know everything else. We're gonna keep the ball rolling on some of these. Now, here's one boat. Holy smokes. I caught this bad boy. This right here, Rob Flack O'Hara. This guy, this, this is the stream he did the other night where he plays uh, he plays Break Street on the C64. You know, I'd always heard Break Street wasn't that good, but I was watching this, and it looked great. Mm -hmm. And intermixed, intermixed with the Break Street uh, gameplay... Black has old video footage of himself and his buddies breakdancing. I this, love it. Have you seen this boat? I, you know, I've seen, I think Rob has posted pictures of this from time to time on Facebook, but I've never seen it, the actual video in, in action. <laughs> Let me tell and you man, something. he's great. Let Black me tell is, you Black's a pretty, pretty accomplished break, breaker, as they and, say. Him and his buddy go to work here on this piece of cardboard. And I mean, I cackled when I was watching this footage. And, of course, I, having grown up during the breakdance era, it was all so stupid, uh, for, unless you were a, a proper breakdancer. Otherwise, you were just sort of a dingbat that was wallowing around on a piece of cardboard. You know what I mean? And we all gave it a shot. But thank God none of us videotaped them. But Flax taking a bullet for us. <laughs> because that's what this is. And Flax actually not bad. Him and his buddy aren't bad. I don't know what you call that move, Boat. <laughs> I don't want to know. Frank, Looks like he's getting ready to do the old airplane spin to me. <laughs> this I mentioned this on the on the Discord. That's a this is a must watch if you want to laugh at Jack Flack. And and who doesn't? It was great. I enjoyed the heck out of that boat. Real funny stuff. Um lastly, bam, look who's back. I haven't seen this one either. He always does these when I'm not around. It looks like uh Frodo's back with some 
uh, Amstrad action boat, which we don't yeah, get he to did see this. That much. He, he recorded this last night, uh, New oh. Year's Eve. Wow. He was up until 7 a.m. streaming. That's the kind of dedication yeah. that, 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 that Frodo has with his crew. And uh, I have right not had a chance to watch this either. This but, looks like uh, Lotus One boat, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and I I really want to watch it because I've been getting more into the 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 Amstrad. You know, Neil is a big Amstrad guy, and that's a that's a system that we still really haven't touched on much. So uh, I'll be checking this out for some for some tips on what to play. Very good, very good, Frodo. And I have to say, uh, Frodo and Flag are awesome. They, I love their stuff. <laughs> I love their stuff. Now, Aaron, you, you you've missed one video Did on I here. Miss you missed our insert disc two archive. That's just been that that's that's been redone. I don't know why it's oh I don't know why it's not showing up on your yeah, screen. Yeah, I don't even see it up here, but um, but uh, but it has been released. Uh, we did this is the insert disc two from November twenty fifth, twenty sixteen, and the title of this uh this this little capture is "Look Gruff and Disgusting for the Holidays." <laughs> Uh, that's the title. What's interesting about this video, Aaron, is that you and I, of course, this is four years ago. Uh, you know, I, <laughs> there you got you, you pulled it up now. That's, the, I, that's classic us with the booze <laughs> sitting in front of us. Yeah. It, look, it looks like we broke into someone's red, like house and we're just sprayed <laughs> at their liquor cabinet. <laughs> here comes more, here comes the booze glasses. Yeah. Now the first question I have, Aaron, is I have not seen this shirt in a while. What happened to this shirt? A certain someone who I won't mention put a bunch of bleach on that shirt, but oh. it wasn't me. No, oh. Thank you. I see now. I believe, but we're drinking now. We're, is that the uh, uh, what that's is that? Some, that's some single malt scotch. Scotch. Is what that's, that is. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's is this the is this the uh, soil based stuff we were drinking for a yeah, while? Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's the it's the uh, the ally. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, it's funny because at this time I appear to weigh between five and six hundred pounds, <laughs> and you look quite svelte. So you know we're, we're we're both up and down like a yo-yo, man. That's from 2016. Yeah. You know these old and certain this too are creepy to watch some of these things, and and I I listen and you're right I'm complaining on every single one. <laughs> every. <laughs> oh man, life's beating me down. It's over, man. Both. I'm getting I'm getting killed out here. But uh, what do you think? I'm sporting the beard in this one. What do you think? You know the beard wasn't a bad look. You might you might consider bringing it back for 2021. It looks man. perfect for drinking because it looks yeah, like it I'm on like a 20 day bin. <laughs> well, I'm sure going to look that up, boat. Thank you. So yeah, insert this in a boat. You want to explain what's going on with these insert this twos? Yeah. So I found a bunch of these in the in the YouTube archives. You know, we have like eight zillion videos that we've put up over the past five years, and these were originally supposed to go out to our Patreons. You know, they are Patreon exclusives. But I figure that the the window of exclusivity has passed, uh, and it's time to unleash these upon the general populace. So look for them uh, about once a week or once every two weeks, mostly from 2016 and 2017, these videos. Hey, Boat, Brucey's ragging on your old haircut, dude. Hey, not everybody What do you call that, the, the reverse mohawk? Horse, is that the horseshoe, or what was the that? The inverse mohawk? <laughs> Somewhere Road Warrior Hawk is smiling down upon you. Well, that's it, Boat. That's, that's all the videos the, we yeah, got. That's for the videos this week, Aaron. Let's call upon the gamble train, shall we? I think we should. Gamble train. All right, Aaron. We're going to kick things off this week. Uh, we've got two videos from our buddy Doug over at 10 Minute Amiga Retrocast. This first one is 
his instructions on how to set up an FTP server for your Amiga. And uh, I guess this is something that you that you do if you you know if if you don't have a real easy way with physical media like a a, a compact flash reader or an SD card reader or something like that. If you just want to go straight over the internet, it's probably the easiest way once you get it up and running. Did you ever FTP anything over to the old Amiga, Aaron? Hell no, kidding me. <laughs> what the? <laughs> no, I've never done that. I mean, you know, I'm, it's, sure, I'm not saying anything wrong with it, but listen. Uh, no, I, that's I'm not doing that. <laughs> it's that's too it's much. It's funny too because much. yeah, I, we you know with the, with the Atari 1200 XL with the 8 bit, I've got this new FujiNet, and there's a thing you can set up called a TNFS server, and yeah. I'm probably getting those letters mixed up. Close and enough. Eric Nelson's like, it's the easiest thing in the world. Just do this, this, and this. Why uh -huh. did this, this, and this? And I still can't get it to work. Yeah. So what I do is I take the old SD card out of the FujiNet, I put it in my computer, I put some games on it, and then I put it back in the FujiNet, and it works great. That's all right. So. That's that that what you're using is is the loser net. That's right. You're basically, stick it in there yourself. I never want that. Listen, Doug has the jack. He's got the chops for this kind mm -hmm. of action. You know, some of us got the chops, and some of us don't got the chops. But yeah, we don't got them. By the way. No, Who's no. Uh, and here's our next story, Aaron. Uh, Black Dawn Rebirth, quite possibly uh, the worst gaming experience of my life, wow. is getting a deluxe Burial. edition. Uh, this is an Amiga dungeon crawler, three of my least favorite words in the English language. And, uh, there is this, this game is universally lauded. People, people are over the moon for this game, a uh, new dungeon crawler. And, uh, and, uh, there is a new, uh, deluxe edition that is, is coming out. I guess the original edition has been released for free. This deluxe edition is only five pounds. So it's quite a bargain. It gives you, um, I think there's a, uh, oh, there's yeah. a, a dungeon editor in here. Yeah, I remember this uh, now. Yeah, you remember this? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> now it's all coming back to me. Because these little tiles are ingrained in my brain. Yeah. They're burnt in there, man. Like screen yeah. burn. You know, for some reason, people just really like this game. And, uh, you and hate so these type of games. I, these, the, I, full disclosure, dungeon crawlers, first-person dungeon crawlers, my least favorite genre yeah. by a country don't, mile. Don't take so. Boat's Burial personally. He, he no. There's not one of these that can be made that he would enjoy. Not a one, not yeah. a one. But anyway, that's available for you. It's uh, timeslip1974.itch.io. You can find this. And like I said, for five pounds, if you like this game at all, buy the deluxe version just to support the uh, just to support the developer. The box is, is the is the bomb. Look at that. It, box, the box, bro. the box does look cool. That's that's. Yeah. I, I will give look it props that. for the box. Listen, yeah. the box is a big part of it. Well, this that, game that, looked good. Listen, yeah. we, we we suck at these too. That also helps. So five pounds. I give this the big thumbs up, Bo. That's a good cheap price for something. Now here's a little bit of somber news, Aaron. I told you we we're going to keep things positive, but unfortunately, a new virus has been uh, has been discovered for the Amiga. This is called the Game Over Virus. And Aaron, this is a boot block virus. What it does is it writes itself into original boot blocks. Now, boot blocks are one of those things that people talk about in the Amiga community all the time, and I'm still not exactly sure what they are. But I'm guessing that you don't want a virus to 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 invade your boot block. That's oh, just man. that's just going out on a limb. Oh, this is so, this is a brand new virus, or is this an old? This is a brand. Like, it's a brand new virus. Nobody what, knows what dipstick sitting around in 2020. Cranking out Amiga viruses. You've got to be a real jerk to be doing that. I agree. I agree. There are some real awful people in the world. And so Get a job, if you yo. are 
if you are, you know, everybody should remain informed about this sort of thing, especially if you are using your Amiga online, you know, doing any kind of uh, downloading of files and things like that. So uh, get be on the lookout. Check the link in the show notes. This is vht-dk.dk is, is where this is. The, the virus help team has got some more information about this. Uh, stay safe out there. Use protection. The virus help team needs a cooler name, by the yeah. way. The virus help team? <laughs> I agree. What the hell is that? You know, how about the virus protection squad or something like that? Mm. Put squad in there. You know, yeah. something. What's virus the mod squad? This sounds like something like a daycare. This is the juice cleanup help team. You know, little Jimmy spilled it. Yeah. Carry yeah. on, boat. All right. Next up is there's a new game out there, and it's a new game. It's an old game. There is a, uh, it's almost like a transcode of Space Invaders. Now, Ooh. it's not a transcode. Coco people. Get off it. I know it's not a transcript. Yeah, Curtis was was yeah. readying the dog. Yeah, but this thing is a pretty much, you know, as far as I can tell, and I'm no Space Invaders aficionado, but I've seen a good many I Space Invaders games played in my life. Yeah. And this looks pretty much just like the arcade machine. So, uh, you know, if you're looking for possibly the most accurate port of Space Invaders, the original black and white Space Invaders, uh, this looks like it to me. Just in the transcode boat. Come on. Yeah, I, you know, it might be. It might be. It looks good. So, I, you know, it's funny. I own this actual machine. So I, this I am fairly intimate with. Cool. And, uh, yeah, looks pretty good. My kid uses it as a desk now. Yes. Yeah, very good. And this is not a news story, but it's a site that I came across, and I, I, I wish I could remember who um, who pointed me at this because I can't. But uh, this is a this is called the Famous Amiga Uses Homepages. Homepage. And all this is, and you can see this is a site that looks like it's straight out of the 90s. Uh, it is actually designed for the eyebrows Amiga web browser. So ah, that, that's why, that's why it, it looks like this. Yeah, um, it was updated this month. That's yeah, but it's it's still updated. And it's actually just a list of places where Amigas are still in use. And so, uh, you know, in it, it, I'm sure that it's also from the past. So, you know, it, it, you know, uh, you can see once you click into the links, you can see all the different places where Amigas have or have been used in the past. Kind of neat. It's a good way to score some points when you're going up against your buddies that all have PCs and you want to, you know, really stick it to them. You can say, did you know that the Fox Studios use ex Amigas exclusively to control their their backlot inventory? You can just make crap up because nobody cares. Young it's Indiana an awesome Jones site. Chronicles. Emmy yeah. Award. You know, I love that show. You do? Back in the day. I watched that when it aired in Poison. It was gold, brother. Gold. Ah, uh, Frodo and El says Pixels shared that on Discord. Thank you, Pixels at Dawn, Pixel, for, Pixel for sharing that site. Discord, Good, yeah, that's yeah. wacky. That's wacky. I'm the guy like that how he found that. That's who knows, but wacky. I like now, it. Aaron, we've saved the best for last because you've got something to say. Oh, about God. This now, next see, you put me on the spot here. So uh, I'll, I'll set the stage and I'll let you take over. So. Doug has been busy with his Unamiga. Uh, the Unamiga is, of course, the low-cost FPGA uh, Amiga solution that fits in an Amiga 500, uh, so you can still use the keyboard. Uh, there is a hat that has been released for this that allows you to load different cores like the uh, the NES, the MSX, etc. And so, Doug, this video is about how to upgrade your Unamiga for those Commodore 64 and NES cores. So, Aaron, I know that you have an Unamiga, and you have attempted this upgrade yourself. Please give us your thoughts. Well, I did the upgrade. I will say, Doug actually reached out to me a while before this even shipped. He's like, listen, we should get together and do this. 
But being the lethargic bum that I am, I never, we you, never you, got around you, to it. You totally seen Armand rode him. No, sure. so, hey, listen, Doug knows. I'm, I, we're we're tight, we're tight, we're solid. But I just, it's what you gotta do. It, it was it was a busy time of the year. Anyway, <clears throat> so I followed Doug's guide here, and it, it, which is a good guide. There were there are some points that you that you'll have to kind of figure out yourself. But for the most part, everything uh, went the way it should. But I'm, you know, and listen, I'm not gonna bury, I'm not gonna bury the unamigo or Edu or any of these guys. But I was uh, underwhelmed by the, <laughs> by the uh, addition of the hat to my unamiga, such to the extent that I have taken the unamiga and disassembled it and taken it out of my rotation. I just got furious and get and just gave up. And the yeah, reason it's, I, it's it's going to that great trash heap in the sky. It's not going to no. Are you kidding me? Uh, I got too much wad invested in that, so I'm going to do something with it. But what happened was, so there are th- when you get this hat, and I can't say it's going to be like this on any of the other Migas, but you know we've got the one where you have to put the hat on it, the little mm-hmm. hat, which basically it's a fancy way of putting, you have to put a board, a, like a daughter board at a, on a big wad, a couple big rows of pins. And the uh, uh, this is supposed to give us ZX uh, Next uh, emulation, or uh, I'm sorry, uh, Whatever you want You're to call right. it, yeah, uh, Spectrum Next, not emulation, but you know what I mean. Simulation, simulate, you know, you know uh, uh, F- FPGA. Uh, it's supposed to give us uh, NES, uh, MSX, and C64. I think that's all of them. And uh, uh, so I installed this thing, and it, I mean, I instantly had problems. Uh, it keeps locking up on, on when I'm trying to browse ROM folders. The Amiga section just straight up doesn't come up anymore. The NES version won't work on the old monitor that the Amiga did. I have to get a new monitor out to accept the signal coming out of it. I, I mean, I don't think that that's that big. Two uh, monitors with one system? I mean, surely everyone has two monitors to well, hook up to their single console. The, uh, the, the uh, NES also, I, I should mention all the menus of this are in Spanish. Everything, <laughs> it's all in Spanish. Broaden your like, horizons. This it is reminded edu- me of home. This is edutainment at its finest. It reminded me of Homer putting together the grill. Had we had to la grill. What the hell is that? That's the way I felt. <laughs> I mean, you could get through most of that stuff, but then I found out that you have to use a separate SD card for the next uh, FPGA. You have to use a separate card for the MSX, and plus the, you have to have a, a, a card that goes into the hat. Plus, you have to have one that goes into the Amiga. You're talking a rotation of like four SD cards in yeah. this thing. So this isn't like I watch people with the Mister or the Mist. They just kind of wheel They're over. They're flying the through cores like it's going out of style. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, so that didn't work. Like I said, I, it kept locking up on me uh, when I was putting it together. The instruction book with, that came with it. Let me. This is sort of off the cuff, but the uh, if I can show it here. I mean, these are the instructions. This is this is a complicated piece of kit, and that's what I. This is what I had to get me going. That ain't going to feed the bulldog, my friends. Yeah. This right here, it's like basically it's, it's Spanish for good luck sucker. I mean, it was that wasn't happening. So if it was, whoops, ignore that. If it wasn't for Doug, I'd have been El Boned Grande just from getting out of the starting gate. I should mention that uh, uh, Slow Norris also sent me that you also have to have the USB blaster not, not included. Uh, with this well, thing yeah, that, that to me, that needs to be something he needs to pack in there, even well, if he has to raise the price. Because, I mean, who do you know that has an Unamiga that hasn't had to use the USB blaster? Yeah, and, and like I said, even Doug didn't install the cores for the MSX and the and the uh, ZX Next. I mean, I, and I don't blame him, because then you have to go through and have all the, set up these different cards and stuff. It's just, it's, 
it's a ha- I, the reason I wanted to use the Amiga for all this stuff was it wasn't a hassle. That's the whole point. So when it right. became a hassle, and I should also mention that inexplicably my Amiga 500 keyboard stopped working on this thing. So then I had to go drag out a PS2 or a, a yeah PS2 keyboard and mouse because there's no USB. You can see where I'm going here. I just hit the wall, boat, and you know me. It takes a lot to drive me into the wall. You know, and like I said, I'm not saying this is not a good... I love the Amiga as an Amiga. And I'm sure it handles all this other stuff better. See those pins right there? Yeah. That was another problem. The, mine had, the solder had been excessively put on when they soldered the pins on the Amiga. And so solder, excess solder had ran up those pins and it made it difficult to even plug this thing in. Mm. You know, and that happens a lot to people when they're installing those pins. They put use too much solder and the solder comes up and, it, and then when the thing you're hooking in the pins doesn't work. So yeah. anyway... I wasn't gonna go into this. Long story short, uh, uh, I, I'm I'm stepping out. I, I'm stepping out. I'm I'm gonna take a little break. I'm gonna try to reflash this thing so I can get my Amiga back. Uh, but I've actually stuck the old faithful back over here. The old actual 1200. I'm gonna be using that for a while. And uh, just saying. Oh, I should also mention that the, the C64. You have to load everything in real time. So no, there's no, no fast there's, load option. There's no fast load. So the uh, hilariously, the FPGA C64 is five or six times slower than my actual C64 that's sitting right beside it. So yeah, I just hit the wall on it, man. Uh, I'm not burying it. I'm not bad mouthing it. Edu is a genius. Anyone that bought them, good on you. I hope you have better luck. And maybe someone can say, "Hey, Dowdy, you idiot! Here's all the things you did wrong, uh, sucker." And then I'll come back on here and I will post a full. I will come back and I'll apologize. But I'm just telling you, my first encounter, I wasn't that impressed, Boat. Yeah. Here you go. Yeah. Well, that's a good way to end our news segment. Uh, and so we're gonna we're gonna roll on out of that, and we're gonna roll right in to 2021. Aaron, will you do me a favor? Yes, sir. And will you call up on the internet our Patreon page? Uh, Patreon.com slash Amigos Podcast. You can do it right from the news screen. Go on back to the uh, the news scene there. I will. I will do that. One second. Keep the people busy. for. So, uh, it is a new year. It's a new you. And what that means is that there are new Patreon magnets for all of our supporters. You've got a really strange way of using the internet. You got that right, buddy. <laughs> Let's t- <laughs> Don't judge me, Boat. <laughs> so this is our, our new magnets. You can see our new magnets for 2021, the Amigo supporter magnet, which you get for $4 per month. If you support us for at least four months uh, during the course of the year, uh, it features our old buddy, WizKid. WizKid, one, one of the, game. yeah, one of the more goofy games and enjoyable games. I like a good game of WizKid now and again for the Amiga. Uh, he's conducting the Amigos Orchestra, the Patreon band, if you will. Uh, that is the Amigos supporter uh, magnet. And the game selection committee magnet is actually larger than it appears in this. Uh, in this, And it's all about one of your favorite games, Wings, Aaron. This yeah, is a man. Wings-based magnet, AGSC 2021. Underneath, there's a little thing of text that says, for those who served. I love it. So, uh for our illustrious community of uh, people who help select the games that we play every week, a game selection committee magnet worthy of the name. So uh, those are available. They will be given out at Christmas time in 2021. So uh, it's never too late or too early to support Amigos on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Amigos podcast. All right. Um, and from the... 
here, Aaron, we're just going to jump right on into the show proper. So what we're going to do is we're just going to kind of run through uh, a couple different things. We're going to start with some predictions, people's predictions for next year, Aaron. Oh, okay. Okay. Now it's it's to my undying shame that I didn't attach uh, a field for people to put their name next to their prediction. Uh, so I don't know who are, are, are doing these predictions, but these were the predictions that were submitted to us. So the first one is worse streaming performance. Oh. That's what we can look for. I come on we're, things are going to get better. Suddenly it's going to turn it around. Maybe um, the spectrum next will dominate the our Sinclair channel on discord. Probably so. Probably so. Yeah. Um, recognizing the juggernaut that is the Amigos Retro Gaming Network, RMC joins the fold to begin <laughs> the international expansion. Yeah, he is sort of small potatoes. He'd love to join up with a major league outfit like us. Yeah. <laughs> um, still no Amiga Mini, as no one can agree on anything. I think that that's probably 2020 is not going to be the year for the Amiga Mini. I, no. I disagree. Oh. Ironically. Oh. It depends on your perspective of what an Amiga Mini is. I mean, is it a small, functional Amiga? Right? If it is, then we've already had one, right? Technically, the vampire, standalone Vampire is sort of like a Mini Amiga. And so will be the standalone, uh, uh, ironically, the standalone Un-Amiga. Will sort of be like a, a, an a, a Amiga Mini, right? I mean, well, don't you think? It sort of will. It takes okay. an SD card. This, it hooks it, up. It, it, it depends on it depends on how you look at it. Like you said, what I'm saying is that we're not going to be able to walk over to the GameStop or the Walmart and see on the shelf a Mini Amiga the same way that you see a Mini C64. Oh yeah, we're not going to see a commercially released product. Like I don't that. think we'll ever see that. But I no. mean, the people in the UK have a shot at it, but not Maybe. with these two products. I will. Yes, if that if that's the if, I I will say if that's the. Uh, if that's the watermark you're going to go for, then I agree. There hasn't been one, and there probably won't be one here. The next prediction is that the Amigos will have a retro computer game made about them. If they yeah. made a computer game about us, Aaron, what would it be? Uh, I, well, I would like to think it was some sort of fighting game. <laughs> you know, you could have you could put Brent in there and Flack, the Pixel Gaming guys, some of the regulars could be in there, and maybe Tim Mark. You and Tim Mark could finally face off in a physical <laughs> confrontation about AGA. I like that idea, you know. So yeah, but I mean, what do you think? I think one of those clicker games, you know, the just most useless wastes of time that have ever been created. Just the 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 the, the idle games, the Amigos idle game. There's no word that better describes me than idle. Uh -huh. So depends on your uh, which version of idle you're talking about. I, well, both actually. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, the, here's the next prediction. We are finally allowed outside, but everyone just stays in and plays Amiga anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I will say the pandemic's been worse for some of us than it has for others. Yeah. Some of us just like to sit on our hineys and play games and watch videos and stuff. It hasn't been that bad. All right. Now, Aaron, what we're going to do is we're going to come back to some more of these predictions All right. uh, in a couple minutes. But we're going to jump right into our uh, best of videos. We're going to start, we're going to kick things off with the first category. Now, we had nearly 40 people voted on these games, okay? So this was, a, a we had 39 votes come in for each of these categories. The first one is Best Adventure Slash RPG. And uh, we have some special guest presenters here. Uh, so uh, we'll let them present the nominees and the winner. Take it away.
Hi, this is Chris Foles. I just want to thank the Amigos for the honour of allowing me to present the um, award for Best Adventure and RPG. The nominations are Ultima 5, Laws of Chaos, and Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade. And the winner is... La La Land! Um, Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade. Here you go, Boat. Indiana All right. Jones. Now, I think that there's probably going to be some categories where we, we had differing views on. Yeah. But I have a sneaking suspicion that you and I are united with the listeners in this particular pick that Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade was the best adventure uh, strategy game of the year. Do you agree or not, Aaron? You know, it's funny because I, it, it's, this is not the game that I would go back and play because, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not an adventure game guy. I would right. probably have picked Lords of Chaos. But because Roy, that's a, that's less of an adventure game, really, isn't it? It's more of a strategy game, right? Uh, but as uh, just as a, uh, a third party who just looking in, this is clear. I thought this one pretty much ran away with it. Yeah, uh, and th I mean, this was a game that was very clever. It was very beautiful. Uh, they put a lot of time in it. There's a lot of uh, a lot of detail work that was done on this. I mean, just a a top shelf game. Uh, overall, I mean, you can't say anything bad about it. They it captured the feel of the movies, you know. It uh, it re it went almost parallel with the uh, with the third film, uh, mm -hmm. wouldn't you say, Bode? Yeah, yeah. And this game is, I mean, it really it, it manages to balance the same. It strikes the same balance that the movies do between adventure and humor and danger and in exciting history you know uh all the different locales of this really made it really made it fun like i said when we talked about the, the only thing that really brought this game down were the sequences where you were negotiating tunnels or uh yeah. you know the, the crypt under the library or when you're in the big uh nazi mansion uh those those sections of the game were sort of slow but as far as you know colorful um, funny adventure games go. This kind of set the standard until the Monkey Island games came along. I I I think you're uh, dead on there. But good game, and if, especially if you're an Indiana Jones fan, uh, I can imagine someone picking this up and sitting down and playing it. And really, it gives you the feeling that you are you know playing as your hero in the film. So that's mm -hmm. not easy to pull off. No, you know, but of course no. LucasArts they knew what they were doing. Faux show. Yeah. All right. Our next category is best arcade port. Now, I inadvertently assigned this video to two people, so we have double presenters in, in this video. <laughs> so get ready for that. <laughs> Good one, Boat. Hello, and welcome to Northern Ireland. I am Paul Boss Van Harrington, and here are the nominees for best arcade port. Hi guys, this is Barkbit, and I'm here to tell you about vacationing in Sweden and also the best arcade ports of 2020. Now, the nominees are... Bubble Bubble.
Pac-Mania. Rygar, AGA. Here's the dog for dramatic effect. The winner is Bubble Bubble. And as for vacationing in Sweden, you better come in the summer. Bye now. That was gold. That was yeah. gold boat. <laughs> that was a gold boat. I love that. So, so what do you think? We, Bubble Bobble, you love this game. Well, you know, I don't love this game, but I like this game a lot more after we played it and we reviewed it on the show than I did before. Uh, I've always not understood the mechanics of Bubble Bobble and how the score happens. And to me, even though uh, there are, I guess, sort of, um, you know, very specific mathematical formulations into how the game, uh, you know, drops items that you really need to get the big points. Uh, understanding that helped me enjoy it more. Um, I think that this is far and away um, the the most fun of the arcade ports, at least, you know, the three nominees. Rygar, I'm just not a big fan of Rygar. I understand that it's a very uh, impressive technical achievement to bring it out on the Amiga. Uh, Pac-Mania is, is, is nice, but it's definitely not, you know, one of the top Pac-Man games out there. Uh, Bubble Bobble is, is sort of, you know, it's, it should be there because it's, you know, was the, the start of sort of the Rainbow Islands, uh, Parasol Stars uh, right. trilogy that, that is so well looked at. And, um, you know, I think it still holds up and the quality of the port itself, you know, is also really solid. We were graced by an even more um, accurate uh, uh, version of this game. I think it's called Tiny Bubble Bobble uh, a couple months ago. But the original port was still really solid. What do you think, Aaron? I didn't vote for this. I'm not a fan. I mean, it's a great port. Don't get me wrong. I looked over the list and I believe I picked... Uh, Rygar on the and I, I'm like you. Rygar is not a game that I particularly uh, like. It's so hard. But I remember when we did that, we looked at Rygar. The the attention to the detail and the hidden stuff and the extra stuff when it was really there was a lot. And there's a lot more to Rygar than there's the Bubble Bobble. Mm -hmm, um, sure. And uh, uh, plus they actually used AGA and got some action out of it. I mean, a lot of stuff that I that I think they did a good job on. This was another tough one. It's a lot like the first one. It, the, None of these games, I mean, if you look at what we had on offer this year, aside from the ones we've mentioned, and Pac-Man, and we also had Super Hang on, which also is a pretty good game, but none of these are games that I, like, was real passionate about in the arcade, mm -hmm. you know, so, but I mean, I don't think this is a bad choice at all, I think it's a pretty good choice. Yeah, yeah. All right, Aaron, uh, before we move on to our next category, we had several people um, submit, we put out the call. Uh, to uh, submit your favorite Amigos moment of 2020. And so we had, uh, we had four different moments, I guess five. We, we're going to end the show with the fifth of um, your favorite Amigos moment of 2020. This first clip uh, is, uh, is going to be played right now. We, know, we haven't looked at any of these, have we, but we have no, no idea what these are. So here we go, the first clip. Here we go. Oh, and I, I... Go ahead, Boat. Thank him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I do want to thank Duncan Styles for collecting these and, and putting them all together. There you sorry, go. Sorry, had to get the word out. I Don. know, yeah, that's all right.
Hi everybody, welcome to Iris Sinclair. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about Cabal. Doom, Cabal, alright man. Yeah, now, when I first heard about this game, yeah. I thought it was... I'm scared to hear where this is going. I thought it was about... Uh, remember Huckleberry Hound? I do. Now, I think that he was a... He, he used to be like a superhero that would swing like with his guitar. No. Yeah, it's a whole different guy. You're talking about El Cabal? Yeah. <laughs> That's what the game was about? <laughs> no. 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 Was that not Huckleberry Hound? No, that it? wasn't Huckleberry Hound. That guy was a horse, I believe. <laughs> Huckleberry Hound's a hound. <laughs> You know, now that you say that, I, I do recall that guy being a horse. <laughs> yeah. You're really was... quite dumb, aren't you? It's hard to believe you're teaching people. You're talking about molding young minds. Don't Just don't teach them about cartoons. You'll be fine. What was El Kabong's alter ego? I can't... Uh, oh, gosh. What was it? It wasn't Quick Draw McGraw, was it? Was that him? I think that that was a dog also. No, no. No. How could a, how can you have a quick drawing animal with no opposable fingers? You can't draw with a hoof. Dude, the, the animals talk and dance. So, I mean, so you're hung up on the thumbs? They speak. They walk upright. They wear clothes. He's a horse that wears clothes. He plays guitar. How does he do that with no fingers? These are all good points. <laughs> really didn't think this through, did you? Huckleberry Hound wears a hat. He's from the South. Does that make any sense? Come on. And none of this has a darn thing to do with Cabal. That was an interesting name choice with Cabal. Does Cabal mean anything as far as you know? Isn't it like a uh, like a kind of an evil agreement between two parties? Like they put together like a, like a Cabal? Or that sounds like, right. I could be full of crap on that. But that has nothing to do with this game. Quick draw, McGraw. Thank you, Doug. Doug here for the save. Mm. No nope. kabong is when he hits people with a guitar. He's like the Honky Tonk Man or Jeff Jarrett. Okay. Thing, yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. We're, <laughs> you're an idiot, Boat. <laughs> you're an idiot. It's oh. funny. You know, I'd, I'd forgotten about that. It is was... it vain to laugh at your own antics? <laughs> that's so stupid. Oh, God. Well, that's that's a perfect a perfect way to go into our, our next category. <laughs> What, Biggest Idiot of the Year award? I think we sort got a clear-cut winner here. Best Sports and Fighting Game. Oh, God. <laughs> this category is always death, vote. <laughs> here we go. Hello, Pixels of Dawn here. The Amiga has a long and storied history with uh, sports games. Less so fighting games. I mean, you would be hard pressed to actually find a decent fighting game on the Amiga. Um, but sports games have been around on the Amiga for a long time with games like Sensible Soccer and uh, Sensible Golf and Sensible World of Soccer <laughs> and other games like that. Anyway, the nominations for Best Sports and Fighting Game are WWF WrestleMania. Nick Faldo's Championship Golf. And California Games. Uh, 
and the winner is Nick Faldo's Championship Golf. All right. Well, you know, if you would have asked me at the beginning of the year, which one of those games deserved to win? You know, if you would have just given me the list, I would have told you California games, no question. However, after playing California games, this is going to be one I've got to go with the I've got to go with the listeners on uh, Nick Faldo's golf for all of its flaws. Uh, was it interested me? It took on golf in a different way than a lot of other games did. And it made me want to figure out why it decided to be as horrible as it was. Um, and I, in the fact that it had a completely different engine for the CD 32 version was interesting. Um, yeah. And, uh, and the whole, you know, the swing mechanic thing, the fact that your caddies were just merciless to you, you know, the whole game was, yes. you know, it was, it was different. They were. It was they different. Were worse than the, they were worse than a world-class leaderboard guy. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, this is just another one where, you know, is Nick Faldo, you know, a, a, a great game? No. Is Nick Faldo a good game? No. But it was, <laughs> in my opinion, the best game that we played this year in the sports and fighting category. You know, I want to just, uh, you know, we, we narrowed these down to three we announced, but listen to these choices. WWF WrestleMania, Tennis Cup 2, which I, I believe that was one where they picked the wrong game because they were looking for the other good tennis right. game. <laughs> Strikes and Spares. Which we, I believe, we heard from the author on that at the we at the we lambasted it, uh, uh, California games and ballistics. So yes, I, now believe it or not, I voted for California games on this. I couldn't bring myself to vote for Nick Faldo, but I'm not going to fight on people on this one because you know, I think Nick Faldo is probably a better interpretation of golf than California games is an interpretation of the various things it attempts. I will say that exactly. Exactly. So, but yeah, not a good year for sports games, but that's pretty dark. There was no sensible soccer uh, sprinkled in here, that's for sure. No, no. And, uh, you know, we should probably talk about this now uh, for the people that are not involved in the Discord. Uh, and uh, next year, we are actually starting a new category uh, called, uh, I, I have no idea what it's going to be called. I think we're going to call it <laughs> Second Look. Don't do that. We're calling it that because I didn't totally. How do you just announce an award and then you don't know the name? So we're yeah, but uh, one of the categories that the game selection committee is going to vote on is they're going to vote on us taking a second look oh. at the games from our first fifty episodes. So those first fifty episodes, to call them a little rocky, would be a, a massive understatement. Uh, and those <laughs> games, a lot of those games are some of the best games on the Amiga, and they do deserve a second look. So uh, hopefully next year we'll have a lot, uh, you know, higher quality slate of games to choose from just because of those first 50 games being included. You know what'll be fun, Boat, is when we go back and after we we should we should add a segment to the episode where we go back and see what we thought about it the first time. That's <laughs> if we contradict contradict ourselves thoroughly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go back and look at those early because I want to I want to enter these games fresh. And a lot of the half of the games I can't remember what I thought of because it's five years ago now. You know, so oh, it'll be on. an interesting thing to uh, to go into 2021 with for sure. Well, congratulations to Nick Faldo. We'll be expedexing a trophy over his house with do haze. <laughs> All right, Aaron. The next category is brought to us from the Low Countries, what? from the Netherlands. Frodo NL is going to announce the best strategy game. Take it away, Frodo.
Hi, I'm Fordornell. The nominees for best strategy game are Nuclear War. June 2. And Laser Squad. And the winner is June 2. So this is, this is an interesting category. Lords of Chaos, I really think, should have been in this category rather than the adventure RPG category. I agree. Um, because uh, Although, if you look there at games, is some like, adventure elements to it. So I'll, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a hybrid boat. Yeah. Now, um, and this this was a really tough category for me to pick. Yeah. Um, because there are a lot of games that do deserve to win, including all of the nominees. You know, I thought I, I'm not a huge fan of like squad based combat, but laser squad was so much more fun for me to play than UFO because it was so much easier. There was so much less. To, I, I felt like I could understand what was going on. Uh, Dune two, of course, deserves to win because it basically invented the modern genre of the, you know, of, uh, you know, RTS real time strategy games. Um, and plus, you know, Dune two is just, you know, such a seminal title. Um, so this one was a hard one for me to, to pick. Um, I don't know, Aaron, what are your thoughts? You know, I, in my opinion, this was one of the two categories this year where we really had good games. I mean, if you yeah. look at what was available in this one, aside from the ones you mentioned, there was also Nuclear War, which we liked, uh, Space Crusade and, uh, Traitors and Escape from Coldest, which was, Escape from Coldest was super difficult, but it was very interesting. Well, we we didn't we didn't actually play Traders. We played Transarctica instead because Traders yeah, I, was the game we couldn't figure out. And I was so I didn't I remember I, Traders. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't I didn't that. put that in there. But if Trader or if Transarctica was in this category, it would win for me because really? I think it's yeah because it had and you know it has ambition coming out the wazoo. Of course, it's impenetrable unless you really know what you're doing. But I just there was just a feeling that I got as I was playing the game, as I was learning more about it, that I was like, wow, this is really something new and different. Now, which which game deserved to win? Definitely Dune 2, because like I said, it invented a genre. There's well, no way around it. I don't, but, I, never, I don't look at it that way. I just, which one did I like the most? I will say I didn't vote for Dune 2, but I will say this. One of my proudest accomplishments this year was to figure out how to play Dune 2, because this is another one I've been dreading. I knew it was coming. I was like, oh, boy, this is going to be tough. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I actually sat down and figured out how to play it, and I actually did okay at it. And it was actually fun. I was much better at this than Dune 1. That's for darn So what, what did you vote for in this category? I, I believe I voted for... Uh, I believe I voted for Nuclear War. Now, that's a travesty. I'll admit that. This yeah. is a far better game. But Nuclear War, I, I had fun playing it, so I, I picked it. Uh, but I agree with you. I even liked... Uh, I even actually had a decent go of Laser Squad as well. Another these games are all pretty good, and even uh, 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 that Transarctica was a very intriguing game. I thought these were real diverse and interesting. Good category, and, and it, it does reflect on the fact that you know if you want to play sort of deep strategical games, the Amiga is is the place to be. I mean, the, 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 that's it's sort of its crowning glory. You know, it's the opposite of the sports and fighting category yeah. is the, the 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 strategy category yeah. where there's just so much gold there. Yeah, clearly, they do. We do a better job with this than they do the other the other ones. Yeah, yeah. All right. We're going to move on to our next category, Aaron. You want to go ahead and fire that one up? 
The next one we have on the docket here is the, and this one's always death. I'm going to preface this. Best public domain game, Boat. Right. If that is possible to have. So let's see what we've got here. Hiya, my name is Paul Davis, also known as Hermski in our Discord channel. I live in a small town called Kidderminster in England, historically known for its carpet industry. I can also take this opportunity to wish everyone a happy retro gaming new year. And here are the nominees for the best public domain game. Star Trek the game. Super Dodge. Finally, Space Taxi 3. And the winner for the public domain category is Space Taxi 3. Here it is, Boat Space Taxi 3. Yeah, yeah. Now, this was another one that was difficult for me to to choose because as much as I I, I don't really care for public domain games on the whole, uh, because a lot of the times they're dependent upon multiplayer, you know, uh, in-person multiplayer, and we don't really get a chance to do that on this show. Um, there were some good ones this time. There were some good ones. Uh, I thought that the, the Pingo clone that we played was good. Um, that was, you know, one of the, one of the nominees. Um, yeah. I thought that, uh, of course, Super Dodge, that I just have such great memories of playing that at Amiga Ireland uh, with all the crew. So I'm a little bit, you know, biased against Super Dodge. In Space Taxi, um, you know, it's a competent uh, clone of the C64 original, although it did seem to lack a lot of what made the C64 game good in terms of the, you know, atmosphere and everything like that. I'll tell you what didn't deserve to win. One of the nominees, Mr. Men Olympics. Yes. That was a travesty. I can't <laughs> that believe that horrible. Mr. Men, I learned that that's a thing, and it's baffling to me that that's a thing. Yeah. I guess we've got, like, the Dancing Raisins and stuff, and they've got those. Yeah. It's funny. I didn't I didn't vote for uh, this, although it's not the worst pick. Uh, I, I, in fact, I sort of contra- contradicted myself from the last category. I actually voted for the game I thought was the deepest and most complicated, and, and uh, someone worked the hardest, though, which I thought was Star Trek The Game. I thought that was a. I mean, that. I remember how intricate that game was. Well, I, I remember not being able to get anywhere. Well, I and mean, having no documentation. Listen. So if that's your if that's your criteria, then yeah, that is you my totally criteria. contradicted what you said in the I, last category. I told you that. I told you it was a contradiction. I'm just telling you who I voted for. I voted for Star Trek: The Game. That much said, Space Taxi Three. Uh, it's serviceable. It's not, but I mean, it's not even an original idea, is it? I mean, they just they looked at well, Space I Taxi. Well, I mean, very few PD, very few PD games are original ideas. Let's let's. What are you talking about? You say in Star Trek the game they got that idea somewhere else. <laughs> this was not the best I, year. You know, PD. I'd love to see. I'd love to see somebody sit down. In fact, I'd love to see the creator of this game sit down and be like, "Okay, I'm going to give you half an hour, and I want to explain this game to you, so you can get some enjoyment out of it." If he did that. I'd be over the moon because I'd love to check it out. It looks really cool from what little bit I did see of it. So I believe that guy went on to be a, like a big deal, as I recall, from doing yeah. that show. Yeah. There you go. But Little chance of him breaking taxi. it down. All right, Aaron, we're going to move on to our next Amigos moment. Oh, okay. And like I said, I have no idea what this is, so we'll just have to watch it. All righty. Here we go. 
you have to learn how to fight the enemies. Like, for example, the hyenas, they sort of jump and miss and tire themselves out. You kill them. Then you, then the buzzards, they do their thing. And, you know, same thing with learning how to turn over the porcupines. Well, but again, like you know, it's a variety of enemies that you have to you have to kill using a variety of strategies. I didn't think there That's were that the, many enemies either. Uh, if you watch the whole game, you could probably count the number of enemies. Well, yeah, but you're not going to see the whole game because you're not good enough to get past the second level. I didn't think the difficulty was all that hard. I mean, granted, I didn't. You got to the second level. level. Oh uh, yeah, it's the I best it's, playing it, Amiga platform. I mean, it's definitely in the top five best playing Amiga platformers. If you take this against Super Frog, Super Frog, the, it, it destroys Super Frog. If you look at this versus James Pond, this game destroys James Pond. The problem is, is that this game came out in 1995. The art of the platformer had already been perfected, and the world had moved on in 1995. I don't agree with you that this destroys... I don't think this is in the upper echelon of Amiga platforms. Oh, I totally do. Not because it's not beautiful, but because I just don't like the structure of the play. The the kind of mazy... It's uh, not mazy at all. It's completely linear. There's only one path. Well, I don't like it. I just don't. I don't like. I don't well, like the, that sort of thing. I, it just. If, you don't me, like that, Mario? I don't agree with you on the quality. It's like it's okay. One of the what things you, that makes. One of the things look that at, bothers okay. me about it is. I, I'm is no. The, I'm going to continue to fight you on this because look well, at the I, graphics. I, look at the way it plays. Look at the variety of enemies. Look at the music that goes on while it plays. There's not, there's it not checks a big all the boxes. Of enemies. There's not a. That's not true. And there's also. Like I said I don't like the gameplay that much. It just. It's. It just doesn't do it for me. I don't like having to start over every time I die. Well, the, I don't not like having that. A, not having an adequate checkpoint system is the fault of many games. See, you know what this game, this level reminded me of is is those horrible Earthworm Jim games. Do you remember those? Earthworm Jim. I like Earthworm Jim, Jim oh, actually. No, that, well, that's, that's like what it. this reminds me of. Well, I like that. But uh, there's plenty here to to dock points over. Do I think this is a C game? Uh, I'd say. A high C or a low B. That's insane. And it's, it's not, That's insane not, on the Amiga. That's hey, insane. I, listen, I call them like I see them. I, it wasn't. I, I don't think this was as good as, like, say, a James Pond two in terms of. Oh game my play. gosh! Oh my god! You're you're you are out of your mind. You're out yeah, of your I, mind. Go back and play James Pond two and regale yourself of the awesome platforming action. I played it. Then come uh, back to the Lion King. I'll, no, I, it's, this is not a game I would probably go back to. Let's just put that. Just if, if, it was too frustrating for me. Leif Kellan writes. This game is absolutely terrible. It controls horribly, the frame rate and scrolling is choppy, and the level design is an absolute mess. The graphics are nice and the animations are complex, though with the choppy scrolling and low frame rate, it all just becomes a messy chaos. If this hadn't had the license, it would have been a stillbirth. Boat is blinded by his love for the mediocre Disney flick that this one is based on. Aaron <laughs> gets it though. Way to stand your ground, Aaron. Three out of ten. Was this a was this review just sent in? This was <laughs> just sent in. This was just sent in. <laughs> Good job, so. Leaf. There you go. <laughs> some some real time reviewing done by Leif Kellogg. Oh there. man, <laughs> that's, that's good stuff. I love it. I love that. You you really were trying to bury me, Boat, right there on the show. I was trying to defend the good name of the Lion King. Oh. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Get that out. <laughs> All right, Aaron. We got uh, our next our next uh, category is going to be best platformer with another guest presenter. So let's fire this one up. I'm Kate Fox from the Macintosh Library and YouTube channel. 
I'm here with Mackie to announce the nominees for the Best Platformer category. The nominees are Leander, Traps and Treasures, and Tiny Little Slug. And the winner is Leander. You know, Aaron, I've got to say that this is the first category that I was truly shocked by the results. <laughs> really? Yeah. Um, it, it, it boggles the mind. There can be nothing other than the blind devotion to the Psygnosis box art. It's like agony all over again. It's like all those games. Now, wait a minute. Know? This was a solid title. You're bad okay, mouthed Leander? Sh should, should, I, should I remind you of the history of Leander? It was one guy from a demo group who could draw a cool dragon on his Amiga. Oh. He took this to Psygnosis and they said, can you build a game around this? Oh. And he said, maybe. Listen. And the result was Leander. Now, I don't. I remember us thinking this is a pretty decent little title here. I don't believe we it, buried it. Okay. This is not the worst platformer on the Amiga. This is this is definitely better than Super Frog. Not while Lion King's walking right around. Now. But compared to the other two nominees it is dead dead last tiny little slug could act you know it's it is a console quality platformer it's a great legit great game there's no reason why that shouldn't have won other than it's insanely high price tag um traps and treasures it also was very, very inventive and very cool. It also had a sad story. Remember the guy that spent like half of his life developing it, saw no financial recourse from yeah. it. But I still remember having a ton of fun with Traps and Treasures. Um, it was one of those, you know, Euro style games where you had the the maze-like layout. You're trying to collect a certain number of things to be able to exit. But it was fun. The sound design was amazing in Traps and Treasures. The graphics were great. There was a wide variety of enemies. I was a huge fan of both Tiny Little Slug and Traps and Treasures. Either one of those could have won. Um, the other games that were nominated, or the other platformers that we covered, Trolls, Seymour Goes to Hollywood, um, and Naughty Ones. Which we I liked. can't even remember. We liked Seymour Goes to Hollywood, actually. Yeah, Seymour was okay. That, Naughty Ones was pretty good. We yeah, both liked so, that. Yeah, Trolls, of course, horrible. Um, <laughs> but uh, the uh, this was a pretty strong category this year. What did you vote for this just, one? Oh, I voted for Traps and Treasures. I yeah. thought that was a, a totally unique game, and it's a genre that I don't normally like, but I just thought it was really well done. I voted for Tiny Little Slug in this one. I thought that was a real unusual original title mm -hmm. that uh, really took that sort of game in a, in a different route. Now, it could it could be a bit frustrating, uh, and it certainly didn't hold your hand, but I, I enjoyed it. But I did like—I liked all these games. Even Trolls was an absolute—I mean, the— the backstory was pretty stupid. That's what I, that's one of the things I liked about Trolls. But I mean, it wasn't. We've seen much, much worse. Let's just put it that oh, yeah. way. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, next up we have the best shooter category. Get ready. Hi, I'm Mitsuyama, and I'm delighted to join you tonight to announce the winner of the Best Shooter category in the Amigos Best of 2020 Awards. So, without further ado, 
The nominations are Wings of Fury from Broadbund. Apidia from Bluebite. And Desert Strike from Electronic Arts. And the winner is Apidia from Bluebite. Congratulations to them and a happy new year to you all. I love it. <laughs> you know, this was an this was another strong category. Uh, I thought I all three of these games should have won. Or you know, they, they had the opportunity to win. Um I do agree with the the winner. I think Apidia is a total underrated gem of a game. The fact that this runs on an OCS ECS Amiga and looks as good as it does and plays as fast as it does yeah. is is a testament to you know what this hardware can do under the right hands, you know the, the right programmer. Um, the, of course, the problem with it is just the the difficulty. It's just it's too much. Once you die once and you lose all of your upgrades, it's way too hard to get back to where you were again. But I was very impressed with Apidia. But I also like the other games too. Wings of Fury, I had a ton of fun with. You know, it's it's a it's a very different sort of shooter game, um, and uh, of course, who doesn't love Desert Strike blowing up a bunch of stuff yeah. with your helicopter? So. I, I, I voted, I voted for Pitya, believe it or not. Even though I mean, because I didn't like Awesome was on the list, and I, I really love Awesome, but there are some parts that that aren't. You're not really. It's not really a proper shooter. It's more yeah. of a, an adventure game or something. And mm -hmm. you also had uh, uh, a couple other. You know, Dogs of War was on there, but I think I think the clear the, the my favorites of the list were Desert Strike and Apidia. And I just thought Apidia, the originality, uh, the, uh, the the gloss on it, I, I really enjoy this. It is a difficult title, but I mean, I find a lot of shooters difficult. So for me, mm -hmm. it's just another thing that I'm not good at, basically. Yeah. But I mean, I like the idea of an uh, insect-based shooter. I like mm -hmm. the fake Japanese uh, you know, baloney that they stuck mm -hmm. in there. That that's The backstory is just wacky. I, I, I dug it. And you're right. They took... The OCS ECS chipset, and they said here they really cranked up the colors. You love the colors, boat. I do and, love and, the colors. And this is colorful and and unique. And on no for those merits, I give this the big thumbs up. This is what I voted for. Yeah, yeah, awesome. All right, coming up next is the puzzle game category coming to us from the Great White North. Hi, my name is Jason Warrens, and it's my privilege to be able to announce the nominees for the best puzzle game. And the nominees are Pushover. Goldcorn Expressin. Bill's Tomato Game. And the winner is Pushover. You know, this is uh, this is a, another category where we we only played three puzzle games this year. Yeah. So they're, they're all... but I mean, this this I think this was a, a real tough. This is a real tough one right here because all mm -hmm. of these, even that goofy Guild Corn Express, and has was interesting. But you had uh, I thought I thought Bill's Tomato Game was an excellent game. 
But I think this was the this was the sleeper hit of the year for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, this game I thought was just awesome, uh, boat. And you know me, a puzzle game, get it out. Uh, right. But man, I voted for this thing big time. What about you? Uh, number one with a bullet. Yeah. This was a game that I sat down. And I told this story on the show where I was like, okay, I'm going to give this thing a go. It'll probably be like every puzzle game that we play for Amigos where it's like I get through the first level maybe. And then the second level is so impossibly difficult that I'm driving myself nuts trying to do it without a walkthrough and end up having to use a walkthrough, feeling horrible about myself and just, you know, despairing the rest of the week. This game, I sat down and started playing this game. I glanced up at the clock. Three hours had passed and it was three hours of fun. I mean, there's just something about the domino mechanic that really struck me as like an awesome mechanic. Yeah. I love your little ant guy. I love his colorful yeah. antics. He's actually uh, endearing as opposed to right. off-putting. Right. Uh, you know, everything about this game, I remember be- thinking, I, I think the music was good, though. I'll have to go back and listen to the music, but the music definitely probably didn't annoy me. Um, and the fact that there were so many different types of dominoes. Uh, it almost kind of made the game feel like worms a little bit, how you had to learn the different traits of the different dominoes to make them do different things. And as long as you had that information up you know, on the screen next to you or whatever, you, you could get by pretty easily. So uh, this game also did not get too hard, too fast. The, the difficulty curve was pretty much perfect. Um, this, is, this was a fantastic game. Um, yeah, I agree. That, that's I mean, all I can say. This one... This was, oh, it also features Colin Curley, which, you know, one well, of our favorite British yeah. snack time, uh, you know, fans. Who'd have thunk that? Who'd have, who'd have pictured that guy beginning the game doesn't suck? Yeah. Uh, or those, <laughs> uh, that product. Listen, this was great. This Is this my favorite uh, uh, Amiga uh, puzzle game of all time? Maybe. It's that good to me. And it came out of nowhere. And trust me, when this thing popped up on the screen, I'm like, oh, what is this garbage going to be? You know, and man, I'm telling you, I love when that happens. That's the best part of this show. It's when we play something, and all of a sudden you're like, holy crap, it's something I've never played before, I've never heard of, and it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So, yeah, big thumbs up for me on this one. I was stunned and amazed. Yeah. Okay, Aaron, our next, uh, this is going to be Amigos, uh, Wacky Amigos moment number three. Oh, God. Whatever that is. Brace so. yourself, <laughs> folks. Here we go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ask the Amigos section of, uh, uh, yes, this thing. Eloquently put, Boat. Pac-Billy asks, what's your favorite place you've ever been? It can be anything from a city down to a supermarket. Now, you've been many, many places. This is probably harder for you than it is for me. Now, my favorite place I've ever been, I'll tell you. I, you know, I love the beach, Boat. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm always as, shocked to hear you talk about how much you love the beach. I don't peg you as a I'll, beach bum. I'm a beach. I'm a from I'm from the Jersey Shore, uh, yes, Boat. Yes, So it's ingrained into me, all right? And I love the beach. And I'll have to say, uh, the last time we went to Carolina Beach, you know, that beach has a bad rep for being sort of uh, wonky mm-hmm. with a bunch of bad elements involved. But I really enjoyed that. There, the historical aspects of it the beach itself you know i really enjoyed it uh the old woman was on her best behavior for once and the kid had a good time so i would say somewhere on the coast now i do like the nags head area so probably some but the thing is it's inundated with tourists mm-hmm. so i guess i'd want to go somewhere sort of south of the carolina coast area 
where there's not that many tourists, but I, I would like to live on the beach. I think that's where I'd like to go. But yeah, the I'd say the Carolina Beach area. I really enjoyed that. For me, it would be the Japanese countryside for sure. Not give me, insane. give me, give me Japan. Give me a nice public bathhouse. Give me a band because if you've ever seen, you're making a face at the public bathhouse. That's right, Bo. I am public. Let me tell you something. If I strolled into a public bathhouse. It's all your naked honey sticking out. That's no bias, man. I don't want to see that. Listen, everybody wants to see that. No one. Give me a uh, give me a, a good Japanese band to direct. I'd be happy. That's all I want. No. Huh? Oh, okay. I got yeah. you. So you're telling me your naked white Caucasian butt's gonna stroll many, into a bam Japanese bathhouse? How many? Have you done that before? Yes, of course I have. Why? Because it's awesome. Can't you take a bath at home? No. Listen, man, you don't know the joys of the public bathhouse unless you've gone. I'm not talking about like 1970s San Francisco public bathhouse. It's a different thing over there. You get naked, you shower up, you soap down, you shower up again, then you get in the hot pool, then you get in the cold pool, then you get in the sauna, then it's back to the cold pool. No! How comfortable are you with being around tons of other naked men? Not comfortable, bro. You would not like it. Listen, I'm not rolling in Japan and, and, and dropping trowel and going into a public bathhouse. What's the advantage of that versus a private bath? Paul, a.k.a. Hermski, asks... No, wait a minute. Hold on a second. No, no, no. We're not done yet. You didn't answer the question. If you're soaked up and naked in your own bathroom, why do you need to be soaked up and naked in front of a bunch of other men? Okay. What is the appeal of I, that? I'll tell you what the appeal is. The appeal is, right. is that you are surrounded by nature. Okay, so if you go if you go to one of these public bathhouses, uh, you've seen anime before. You know how it goes down. There's tons. There's a tentacle in there. No, there's tons of trees <laughs> around and stuff like that. There's tons of bamboo what? in a bathhouse. Yes, there's bamboo up in there. Yeah, and trees in a bathhouse. Yeah, and then you just strike up the conversation. Aren't there a bunch of naked Japanese guys yeah, in the bathhouse? You walk if you're talking to a naked Japanese guy in the bathhouse. Listen, man, if you're not talking to what naked... What do you say to him? You say... Nice wang. Yeah. I mean, what are you possible? No! No! That's not what you say? <laughs> horrible. Horrible. That's a horrible answer. Move on. Okay. <laughs> well, it's funny. You don't remember any of these conversations, but someone did. <laughs> Oh boy! Well, <laughs> there you go, boat. So let's uh, let's move on, shall we? <laughs> this is uh, our next our next award is the biggest disappointment of 2020, <laughs> aka I think we just saw it, <laughs> oh, aka man. the rose colored glasses award. So oh. let's let's fire this one up, man. Okay, man. <laughs> Hi everyone, I'm Rob Flack O'Hara, and here are the nominees for The Biggest Disappointment, aka the Rose Colored Glasses Award. The nominees are 007 License to Kill. California Games. The Lion King. And the winner is California Games. Wow. What do you think of that, Boat? 
Well, I don't know how Lion King got in there. I'll tell you that. I do. <laughs> I didn't vote for it. I will say that. You know, I noticed that every game was pretty much nominated for this. I mean, you could pick anyone you wanted. Are mm-hmm. you surprised that Cali Games got the <clears throat> nod on this? I yes, I am surprised. However, I voted for this uh, <laughs> without knowing that it would win. I, you know, if you want to ask me before we played this game, do you like California games? I would have said, heck yeah, let's fire it up right now. I love California games. But, you know, after playing this game, especially when you compare it to a lot of the other games, games, it yeah. is pretty weak. It is pretty weak. So uh, I I, oh, I, I so? agree. Yeah, I, I like what what do I like in California games? I like Hacky Sack a lot. Yeah. Hacky Sack's pretty fun. Uh, I don't there are a lot of the events where there's one or two things that keep them from being fun. And they just turn into an exercise in frustration. For example, we're watching the BMX event right now. Yeah. If they would have given you unlimited wrecks in this game and just made it a time trial slash score game, it would have been great because then you could have familiarized yourself with the course. You could have had fun playing it. But the way that it's set up, to me, is just not a whole lot of fun because it encourages you not to take any unnecessary risks because if you fall on your neck, you're dead. Now, of course... This is just like the argument we had with Nick Faldo. Like, it's more realistic. But I'm playing a freaking video game. I don't want realistic. I want fun. Well, you get, the thing is, you can practice these and become good at them. Like, look at this guy. He's killing it. That's not us playing, by the way. Newsflash. Uh, but I, I, I don't, I like, I mean, I think California Games is exactly how I remembered it in terms of disappointing. I looked at this category in terms of which game disappointed me the most. And when I think disappointment, I think. Which game should have been good, could have been good, but, but they dropped the ball and something and it made it disappointing. And that, for me, that was Roadkill. I thought Roadkill had a lot of potential, and they just didn't get the job done. I don't know. Do you remember Roadkill AGA? The, uh, yeah. They were zoomed the, the, in the, too the, close to the car. Right. And it ruined the game, you know? Yeah. And that's yeah. the one I picked. I was like, man, this could have been, I mean, it had a lot going for it, and it could have been a, a really good game. But they just dropped the ball, and so I, and, yeah, it, it might be worthwhile in the future actually having these as separate categories where you vote for what you think was the biggest disappointment, like you said, Roadkill, versus a game that you're familiar with that when you played it again didn't hold up to your you know your rose colored glasses. I will say when it comes to California games, I still like this game, but I, I for rose colored glasses, I sucked at these events when this game was brand new. So it's not like I I went back and I was like, boy, I love this game. I went back and think to myself, well, I'm going to suck at this. And then well, you know, it. It, it's funny because the what I've discovered is that the reason why I hold California games in such high regard in my mind is because I take the best bits of every port and combine them into like the ultimate California games in my brain. So it's like I take the hacky sack from the Amiga. I take the the mountain bike or the BMX from the 2600 version. And I take the good old flying disc from the NES version. All those put together, I just leave roller skating out completely because it's horrible. Yeah. All those put together make a pretty good game. It seems like I did a stream when I, where I played a bunch of these, didn't I? I, I think like you a, probably did. One of my Friday did. night streams. So, yeah, someone can go hunt that down. Yeah, mm-hmm. but, I mean, I can understand why this won. There you go. Yeah, yeah. All right. Our next category, Aaron, sticking with the sort of uh, bad games group, yeah. is Dumpster Fire of 2020. Oh, man. Get ready. Hello, I'm Neil from RMC Retro, and the nominees for Dumpster Fire are Strikes and Spares, 
Mr. Men Olympics. WWF WrestleMania. And the winner of Dumpster Fire is... It's WWF WrestleMania. Congratulations. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, this one this one is easy to pick a winner <laughs> because there are all three of those nominations uh are well deserved. Um I didn't get a chance to play, you know, uh, WrestleMania. I was in Ireland, I believe, uh, yeah, for Amiga Ireland. Me and Brent had covered that one. I remember yeah, that. So, and I haven't given this one what you call a fair look. So it's hard for me to vote for the winner, WrestleMania, although I know that it is, it, it surely is not one of your favorite games. But would you call this a dumpster fire compared to Popeye wrestling? Oh, yeah. This is much, it, what makes this worse is what it makes me feel. Because, mm. I, you know, I love wrestling. Mm -hmm. And. They took the they took the graphics from WWF Superstars the arcade game, which never got a home port. They took a bunch of the graphics, or you know, they base they they reskinned a lot of the graphics for this, and they and the ring and some other stuff, and that was a great game. And then they made this absolute dud, unplayable garbage. I mean, if you looked at this on the back of the box and you and you were familiar with WWF WrestleMania, you'd be like, oh yeah, it's the home port. I remember when I first discovered this, and I looked at it, I'm like, man, this is going to be awesome. Then you play it, and it's just so bad. And you're thinking to yourself, why didn't they just take all the stuff they did in WWF Superstars and put it in this? You know, you could easily do it. They didn't do it. It's just a complete dud. Now, mm. that much said, Mr. Man Olympics was a, dud, a big old dud as well. Uh, there were plenty of bad games uh, that, you know, that, we, that we covered. Uh, but I think this one was, to me, just I thought this was straight-up garbage unplayable garbage and another one where you probably paid full price for it it's a big license title oh yeah and, and the box is beautiful too yeah you wouldn't have got jobbed out brother mm -hmm. and the sad thing is this is one of my favorite amigos of the year because me and brick got to dress up so it was a lot of fun that was we when you were out of town we went bananas we were coming, yeah so that was fun but yeah it's garbage hot garbage good choice everybody it's hard for me to pick a game for this one because, you know, just going over the list of all of the games that we played this year, there weren't any that were really, you know, just horrible from beginning to end. Um, you know, other, um, yeah, I just, it's, it's hard for me to pick anything that, that those really just, there were no redeeming qualities for at all. I do understand the appeal of putting Mr. Men Olympics in this category because you could have made an absolutely amazing game with the with the Mr. Men crew. Right, but it was uh, free. They, That's the thing. Yeah. That I was like, this was a free game. I mean, right. you you paid you paid fifty. 50 bucks for this for WWF, and so that to me, that's a straight up dumpster fire. Plus, believe it or not, as stupid as Mr. Man Olympics was, it was actually sort of playable. Like, you could play a game, whereas right. the, as WWF, you could do nothing. You just sat there with a dumb look on your face and an empty wallet. Yeah, yeah. So, probably a good move for uh, WWF WrestleMania to win this yeah. one for sure. What a dud. All right, Aaron, we're going on to our final Amigos moment of the evening. Uh, this is uh, this is going to be another clip of us from the past. Oh, brace yourselves. 
Hi, everybody. Welcome to Our Sinclair. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to talk about football manager. This is going to be, for the people watching at home, prepare yourself for a visual feast. You know, it's funny. Duncan Styles does uh, uh, so many of our intros for all of our shows. And you yeah. know how he always puts the little picture of the dog in there. And yeah. looking at Kevin Tom's picture there in the corner, that's just what that made me think of. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about this football manager boat. Uh, you know, I'm going to tell you before we start that when this got picked, you know, I knew of the, of the game's existence and these simulators and stuff. And I've been sweating it because I knew I was like one of these suckers in the in the committee. They're going to get one of these through. Uh, this came out in '82, programmed by a fellow named Kevin J. M. Tom. Yeah. Uh, he did a bunch of well, not a bunch. He did some stuff. He did uh, President, uh, Software Star. He did uh, the uh, he did this game. I think he did one other game. Then he sort of his design sort of got picked up. The Football Manager banner as they moved on through it. I mentioned it to boat. I printed out the instructions for this game. I was like, I knew I was in for it. And I sat down. It was time to start playing this game. And I was shaking. I was nervous, boat. <laughs> what were your first impressions, boat, when this when this thing honed in the view? Uh, did you know what to expect? Had you tried this before? I was prepared for the worst, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. I was mostly infuriated on this screen. Really? Yeah. Because my team perpetually got smashed. <laughs> For one thing, this the now listen, but I don't watch a lot of soccer. Mm -hmm. But this this freaking goal is as wide as a semi truck. It seems to be out of proportion to the size of the players. No kidding. <laughs> this game, let's boil it down here for a second, boat, because we went over the particular. This is the lowest conceivable form of a football manager. Like it, there, it has the bare minimum choices that you can make the game is not deep at all right and i but i overall listen the game is not attractive it's not deep it's flawed it's weird in some aspects it's missing things so i mean is this a 10 out of 10 game god no well we should ask uh kevin toms because he just entered the twitch chat as you there were saying you that. <laughs> but, but to finish my thought is it, is it a 10 out of 10 no but what it is is uh, this is the, the one of those fancy fulfillment games uh, 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 that you can see why it got popular, and you can certainly see someone thinking outside the box uh, and moving and really making the concept of this uh, a money maker. Yeah. You know, and really ultimately that's what it, I mean, when you look at this game and you read on the box what you can do with it, that's a, that's you're printing money, man. All right, Aaron. That's dirty so, pool right there. Take it, take us back. Take us back. Well, it's funny. I was just telling Boat. I remember this distinctly because I remember that game and everything I said was true. I was like, man, I've been sweating this. And it ended up, it was light. It was like a light, fluffy souffle of a soccer game, Boat. Just easy peasy. And I remember uh, uh, thinking, man, this is the least deep. I mean, it's, it's, it's actually exactly when you're going to give me a soccer manager game, that was the one. I mean, it was dumb guy, stupid. And anyone could play it. And so since I didn't know what I was doing, I could play it. Uh, when I remember Boat saying that a guy, because he told me after the show, 
or maybe towards the end, who the guy was, because I'd forgotten the guy's name. So when the guy came in the room, he goes, such and such is in the room. And I didn't ask, when you announced him, I was like, that's weird. I didn't know who you, what you were talking about. So it took me a few minutes to realize that the, king, the guy that made the game had rolled in. All that said, I didn't backpedal. I was down with the clown. I, I was totally honest with this game. Uh, and I, I actually gave this thing some praise uh, because it was so simple that dumb guy me could play it. And uh, so, yeah, but that was, it was neat to have the guy. I love it when the people that made the games come rolling in. That happens yeah. occasionally. But yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think I backed did I Did I, did I backpedal that much, boat? Was I, did I turn, did I? Well, it's possible that you were naming the negative aspects first before you were going to turn the corner on it anyway. That's yeah. It just it just happened to be where he he rolled in as soon as you were as soon as you were burying it. It did so seem like a, I was just on full on burial mode, didn't it? <laughs> but yeah, that was uh, that was great. Oh that was God, great. I don't um, know where you dug this stuff up. Who did so who, who put these together, boat? It's a dunk. The, the dunk. Duncan You're Styles a genius, did dunk. all of this. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. All right, we're going to move on to a couple more predictions, Aaron, All right. for 2020. Uh, first one comes to us. It says, uh, Pixels at Dawn launches his solo career and performs at the Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, well. <laughs> now that Twitch Sings is over, uh, he, that's going to be that's gonna be his next move. Oh, man, I forgot um, about that. That does suck. Yeah, I love those. Yeah. Uh, the return of the Coco Show, yes. Hey. You, congratulations. Yeah. You, you, you got that correctly right. predicted the future, yeah. Uh, the Amiga makes a comeback and totally crushes Microsoft and Apple. Boat and Aaron are hired to be the official PR guys for the brand new company and move to their new multi-billion dollar Amigo Studio Island in the Bahamas. Oh, man. Yeah. That sounds so pretty good. I the problem with that, that is there's no way that with all the, even if even if we were decided that we were going to be the spokesman, which that's a horrible, that does seem like a decision the old Commodore <laughs> would make. Let's pick these two idiots to be our representatives. But, but you'd still have to get all the other idiots together to agree on something. I don't see it happening. Uh, let's see. COVID infects the world servers of Google, becoming the first crossover human computer virus. Boy, that sounds like something to look forward oh, to. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, vaccine cooling systems run by an Amiga. Probably not what we want. Um, <laughs> I don't know. From what I've read, that may be happening. <laughs> Did you read today? Uh, Never mind. We'll talk about that later. Uh, Amiga phone AGA. See you later, iPhone. Uh, 2021 is going to be a terrible year for mankind and a terrific one for the Amigos. So at least we come out ahead, Aaron. We'll be in our new Bahamas Aren't we studios. we part of mankind? It's just like we're getting both we've, sides. We've, we've transcended mankind at this Hopefully point. Hopefully we're on the island by then. That's right. Uh, Godzilla awakens and eats New York, Tokyo, and Hurricane. So that's it. Number three. Oftentimes when people list the most important cities of the world, they do list New York, Tokyo and Hurricane in that order. Hurricane would be like when you are totally full, but you think you can fit in like that last biscuit or something. That's when he comes over and just stomps on us. Well, it's it's like an after dinner mint. That's right. Except, it, except it's a turd. Um, let's say COVID vaccine derived zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Uh, retro computer prices keep going up and up. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> Aaron will go to jail for not paying his $60 ISP repair bill. Hey, you're you, you damn right. I'm not paying that sucker. And I do got, I go to jail all the time, so that's going to happen too. Uh, John will have an opinion that I agree with. So. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I knew who wrote that. Uh, Disney and Apple will buy buy up the rest of my childhood when they purchase Evil Knievel, Light Bright, and Slinky. Oh man! I wonder if Disney is uh, is concerned with the Evil Knievel license. That's sure to be pretty pretty uh, you know sought after. I you would know, think 
did he get that many video games on based on him? I think he got one. I mean, how do you miss that? A motorcycle yeah. game with the king of all motorcycles? Well, I think that his his star was starting to fade by the time when, you know, it, it's sort of, uh, you know, uh, the, the opposite thing was happening. The rise of video games and the fall of Evil Knievel kind of happened at the same time. You know, I, this is a little, I'm going to give a little, I'm going to give some advice, somebody. Go out now. You can probably get that Evil Knievel license cheap. Go out and make a game right now. I guarantee Evil Knievel, you Evil Stunt money. Cycle 2021. You got that right, man. And the last prediction for this year. The community will grow and grow, and the ICC will be a recognized global body. Oh, uh, that was one of the high points of the year, the old International Computer Club. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it so, was fun. Thank you to everybody who yeah. submitted those predictions. Uh, we, we appreciate them all, and hopefully the good ones will come true. Yeah, the bad ones are really bad, though. So let's <laughs> we don't want those. Don't we don't no. want those. All right. Aaron, it's time to uh, come along to our final two categories. Uh, we are going to kick things off with category number 11, the best Our Sinclair game of 2020. Hit the music. Hi, everyone. This is Graham W. Vipke from what I call the Man Closet in Sydney, Australia. And today on Amigos Retro Gaming ASMR, I am trying Vegemite. Oh no, hang on, I'm meant to read the nominees for our Sinclair game of 2020. These games are Batman, The Caped Crusader. Trashman. Rainbow Islands and the winner of the Our Sinclair game of 2020 is Trashman there you go Bo what you think of that yeah. one 100% yeah. Trashman Trash Man rules my world that's what I voted for <laughs> Mm -hmm. Voted for Trash Man. And we did cover a lot of good Sinclair stuff, but that was a great game. I love that yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I thought that this was a, you know, all the years are good years for the Our Sinclair show. And uh, it is it is good that we are going to be bringing it back. Uh, a new episode was just released a couple weeks ago, and we've got a new one coming out soon. So keep an eye out for that. Um, but yeah, I loved Trash Man. To me, it encapsulates everything that's great about this, this spectrum. It's just a really wacky concept. Bright, beautiful colors, fast gameplay. Uh, I loved everything about this game. I thought it was great. Listen, if someone said, "What's the what's your when you when you want to play something on the on the ZX? What are you going to play that encompasses the the machine?" Bam, Crash Man. Yeah. This guy. Listen, it's got it's got the element of trying to get in and out of the house and keep the trash going. It's got the little details of like the guy even dumping the trash. You know, it's got the details where you're going in for the tip. And all mm -hmm. the crazy You're talking to people. Yeah. It's got all the stuff that makes the, 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 the ZX such a unique system. That This is a beautiful game. Uh, I, I just thought this was a great game. It's not one you pick up instantly, you know? But, uh, and it's, it's something else that appeals to everyone everywhere. Everyone's got a guy that does this. It's just a brilliant concept. It's unique. Uh, this was 
my runaway choice on this one, Boat. I know it was yours as well. I was very pleased to see this one take the title. Yeah, yeah. And the good news is, is there's actually a sequel to this game called Travel with Trash Man, Aaron. So we might have to take a look at that at some point in the future because I definitely want to travel with Trash Man. Yeah, it sounds too. like a great just, idea. Just not in the back. No, no. Uh, up front, up front. All right, Aaron. We've come to the end. The final category of the best Amigos Best of 2020 celebration. This is the game of the year. Ooh. The game of the year. Direct from the man cave. Fire it up. Here we go. Hi, I'm Edwin in the Man Cave. I'm here to announce the 2020 Amigos Game of the Year. And the nominees are... June 2... Pushover... Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade... And the winner is June 2. Yay. And there it is, Boat. Yeah, yeah. And it was a uh, pretty substantial margin of uh, victory for uh, for June 2. Lots of people chose that as the game of the year. Again, I can see why not my game of the year. Uh, for me, it was all pushover all the time. Uh, that was a I, that's total... what I picked too, but really, <laughs> I really? picked pushover as well. I love it. T total surprise. Uh, I would have never thought I would pick a uh, you know a puzzle game as my yeah. game of the year. But man, I just I really liked it a lot. I thought it was great. Uh, but we we played a lot of good games this year. Uh, we did. You know, it was a, it was a banner year for the show. The the AGSC did a great job of picking picking games for us. And uh, next year, in addition to the um, our second look series, the uh, AGSC is also going to be choosing games from the ever popular edutainment uh, category. So get ready for that. <laughs> oh yeah, those are going to go down hard, Bode. <laughs> I'm sure the Brent will be happy. He loved those edutainment titles. Yeah, but that yeah. Dune two a good choice. Hey, listen, I'm not going to bury this one, and because it even I even had fun with it, and I suck at these sorts of games, and and it was actually, uh, it was actually you could see they did a, uh, I mean for the time it's fairly streamlined. It was it was fun. I mean I have to say it was surprisingly fun and far less painful than I would have anticipated. It's got a building, it's got the battling, it's got a lot of stuff, production stuff. Just they they really rolled a lot into one game. Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, a big thank you again to all those of you who voted. And uh, next year when this rolls around again, if you didn't get a chance to vote, uh, you feel free to. You can always go to everythingamiga.com slash vote uh, around November-ish when I put this list together. And, uh, and you can vote for next year's Game of the Year awards. Uh, I do want to give a shout out to you, Aaron, for putting together this whole thing on OBS. All of these scenes are just beautiful, man. You really did it. You, you knocked it out of the park with the oh, production. Boat. Hey, listen, thanks to you. Thanks to all of our uh, contributors who stepped up. Uh, Boat, you did a lot of the production. Don't, get, don't feed me all that. You were kicking it old school. Uh, I, but, uh, hey, I, I appreciate everybody. I think it was, uh, I think it was a lot of fun. And uh, I think that uh, the votes, for the most part, I agree. There was no Three Stooges-style uh, screw-ups <laughs> this year, so I approve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, of course, it wouldn't be an Amigos episode if we didn't thank all of the fine people that keep this show rolling. 
you know, you can support Amigos in any number of ways, uh, either through uh, Patreon support. We do offer also uh, monthly PayPal. Uh, you can support the show in the same way. Uh, and of course, if you're watching right now on Twitch, you can subscribe to Amigos on Twitch and also be invited to our Discord community, which is you know the single greatest online community, in my opinion, in the in the universe. Uh, we do want to take a second and thank our Twitch subscribers: uh, John Marshall, Buck Owens, Christian Russell, Retro Jerry, Neg Saul, Hermsky, Gary Heather, Pints and Amiga, Jost eighty, The Slow Norris. Wide World of Retro, Jigglebox, Frodo NL, Mitsuyama, Uber Scuba Diver, Blue Train, Great Al G, Eeyore 4077, Piplo, Rule of Thirds, Macintosh Librarian, Zuper Dan, Still Adolescing, and Wing Chun Wolf. Thank you guys so much for subscribing to Amigos on Twitch. Thank you very much. Now, Aaron, last, it's, it seems like forever ago, the last Patreon song we had it was a very, very obscure. This was not a Patreon band song. This was me just going to town in the in the in the, in the sort of signature style is what I believe people call it. Is that you what know? they call it? That's what they call it. I uh, believe we it's on- called stepped in a bear trap. That's <laughs> what I would call it. We only had one correct response. Only one. <laughs> and it was Figgy. Figgy C T Z guessed correctly. Uh this is uh, the, the name of the song was Traitor. And it's off of the pretty obscure 1973 Beach Boys album, Holland. So I don't think that anybody, uh, you know, most people stopped listening to the Beach Boys at some point during the mid to late 60s. But did they stop making albums? Heck no. They made about 30 more. So uh, anyway, congratulations to Figgy. Thank you for being Figgy. Thank you for being a a hardcore Beach Boys fan, as am I. Um, However... The Patreon band is back, Aaron, and we've got something special for you. A New Year's treat from the Patreon band. Let's hear it.
Beatles at Dawn and Colbjorn Barman. That was gold. Solid gold. Another hit from the Patreon band. So if you know that uh, that song, send me an email at john at amigospodcast.com, and I will read all of the correct responses on next week's show. I've learned about this Patreon song. As long as you're not involved in the singing, it can be outstanding. <laughs> I was barely involved in that I one. I didn't, I didn't play any guitars. You had the floating trombone solo. That was it's pretty true. good. It's true. All right, Aaron. Uh, let's see. Coming up next, we have uh, some favorite moments of uh, 2020. Uh, and uh, so we had part of the uh, part of the form uh, for the voting. We asked people to uh, write about their favorite moments. So uh, Patreon band was one. Oh, yeah. uh, the, the one great. time the one time the Internet didn't crap out during the stream. Yeah. That's all. That's always one of my favorite moments. Uh, of course, with the, the whole Kevin Tom's incident, as was uh, recently, uh, you know, shown here on, on the video. Um, the expansion of the Amigos Retro Gaming Network to include Sprite Castle and Pixel Guide In. Yeah. Absolutely one of the highlights of the year. That was, I never thought I'd get to work with those guys. It was awesome. Every moment in the Discord, the Amigos community is awesome and has helped make it this year easier. 100%. Yeah, 100%. Last night, as Eep was at work and I was celebrating uh, New Year's Eve by myself, I wasn't by myself because I was with the crew in the Discord. Yeah. Um, more Patreon band. People like the Patreon band. Uh, when Aaron has called out Boat on his hardware flim-flamming at various points during the year. I'm sure there's been a little bit of that. Uh, Boat wearing the I Adore My C64 shirt that I bought. I've still uh, got that shirt. I will wear it again. Uh, the Amigo Aaron Patreon song, a highlight of the year. Uh, the Atari versus Amiga show on ARG Presents. That's surely the most popular episode of ARG hey, Presents this. of all time. Brent made me this to commemorate. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the plaque they give you when you get 100,000 YouTube subscribers. That's, that's right. Just, that was a lot of fun, too. I had a good, I learned a lot, too. Uh, Socktown, one of the best moments. <laughs> that was not a highlight. We'll never get, we're never going back to that con, that's for sure. Uh, everything except, uh, except for uh, me and, Ra let's see, aside from Ravi and Boat not dying from COVID, all of it. So, yes, I am glad to not have died, and I'm also glad Ravi survived. Good job, Ravi. Uh, the uh, Cabal cartoon character banter, which we <laughs> went through. <laughs> oh, the, um, when Aaron was telling Boat about his time as a professional go-kart racer. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, the Amiga Ireland drunk chat. Yeah. Yes, that's always good times. Uh, the return of R. Sinclair, uh, Boat's strange rant about potato skin. Yeah, I don't call that strange. That was strange. And uh, finally, discovering the community and joining up on Patreon. Yeah. So, thank you guys so much for for all of those uh, favorite moments. And in that same vein, Aaron, because we didn't have um, a game to review this week. I invited our Discord community to uh, share just a, a New Year's message to everybody. So oh, yeah. uh, I'm going to go ahead and read through those. Uh, Matthew Perron, he writes, I'd like to wish every Amiga and Amigo a great and healthy year 2021. Let it be a whole lot better than 2020. It yeah. shouldn't be too hard. Thank you. The slow, the slow Norris writes, 2020 sucked for me only because of my heart attack, Eddie Van Halen, and Neil Pert. Those are all good reasons, legitimate reasons. Yeah. All the other stuff is just stupid human tricks. 
and 2021 will be full of stupid human tricks too. Don't let it bring you down. Instead, ignore humans and have a happy new year. Keep your drives clicking. Waiting on the mothership, the slow Norris. Hell yeah. Well said, slow. Lord Soup says, well, here's to a new year. I hope you have fun and make awesome acquisitions. Oh, I think Boat's already, Boat will be into, hey, maybe we'll both get something cool this year. Yeah. Barkbit writes, wishing you all a happy, healthy new year. The Amigos community has been one of the few beacons in an otherwise quite dark year. Keep spreading the light, people. Cheers. Ah, thank you. Zorglub writes, Happy New Year to you all. This was my first year in the crowd as a Patreon, and for some reason, I learned to. I feel I learned to know you guys just a bit. Nice to meet you all. Looking forward to meet you all even more. Please be careful and stay safe wherever you are. Jason nice. Warns writes, as we turn the page on this dumpster fire of a year, here's <laughs> wishing 2021 bring us a modicum of health, wealth, and happiness. Yeah. May our community continue to thrive and build upon its great fellowship. All the best, my friends. Boat Fest. Boat Fest. No. No. <laughs> Jigglebox writes, Dear Amigos, Lockdown has had a few ups alongside the many downs. One of the main ups is the community I found here and a newfound interest in retro gaming. My system of choice remains my Spectrum Next, renewing my acquaintance with old games being a great pastime. Alongside that, I find the banter and fun here and on Twitch great, and perhaps I'll meet some of you all for real at some point. Happy New Year to all, or as they say in Welsh, Well, we can't go back there. Oh, he puts he puts a he puts a pronunciation guy. Oh, he it's knows really, your pronunciation. It's pronounced. <laughs> You're killing me. Lobsterminator oh, writes, Happy New Year to all amigos. This has been a trying year for everyone, and hopefully it will remain a unique year in our memories as the world slowly returns to some semblance of normalcy. Uh, the Amigos Network got some great new additions this year, and the Discord community has helped me keep my spirits up. Thanks to everyone involved, and best wishes for 2021. The Dunk writes, Happy New Year to the best bunch of online peeps I've ever been a part of. Polite, fun, and full of info. Keep it up throughout 2021. We're full Paul, of something. Paul, a.k.a. Hermski, writes, Happy New Year to the Amigos and its community. A difficult year for us all, but this community has helped to keep spirits high for so many. Let's have a drink, and here's to a good, healthy, and much better 2021. Yeah. Cheers, everyone. Night and Staff writes, Oh, not this guy. 2020 was our survival horror level. Let's hope for a nice, casual rhythm. Or cooking sim for 2021. You folks are awesome. He wrote that. He wrote the that. The Brent wrote that. The Brent wrote that. Oh my god, I can't believe it. Insincere. <laughs> Chris Folds writes, wishing all the amigos and everyone in the community a happy new year. It's been a roller coaster 2020 for so many of us, but we all had each other's backs through the tough times, the fun times, and the crazy times. It was great meeting a bunch of you in Ireland, and I know we will meet again soon. Stay positive, folks, as better days are on the way. Yeah. L. Curtis Boyle writes, Have you tried the new EOU 6 beta? <laughs> I'm just kidding. He is not. He did not write that. He said, Happy New Year me. to all the Amigos extended family. Benny Cake. <laughs> Benny Cake writes, Wishing the Amigos, the ARG network, and this Discord community have a very happy new year. Your podcasts have brightened up my week in a dark year. May 2021 be filled with all the things you wanted to do this year but couldn't. Oh. Gary Heather writes, Happy New Year to everyone in the community. I hope 2021 is kinder to everyone after being a trial in so many ways due in no small part to the coronavirus. Hey, we couldn't even have a retrovirus, could we? 
Batman writes, <laughs> Happy, <laughs> Happy New Year. I'm Batman. <laughs> to all the very lovely people in the wonderful Amigos community. Thank you, Batman. All right. Thank you guys so much for all those New Year wishes. We really appreciate, uh, you know, the, the Discord community is, is, is so, so, um, so amazing. So amazing. So, um, and uh, let's see. Next week, Aaron, we're going we're gonna to resume our regularly scheduled programming with Knights of the Sky. Oh, this duh. was an AGSC selection by oh, yeah. the boss man, Paul Harrington himself. I've actually played this one. It's a beauty. Yeah, yeah, should be a good time. Yeah. And we want to thank all of the people here in the chat that are live with us. We do record Amigos every Friday around 5 o'clock Eastern time. You're welcome to join us. We'd love it if you would. Yeah, man. Uh, we have quite a few folks in the chat. Uh, we've got, of course, we want to thank our amazing mods, our mod team, Duncan Styles and Pixels of Dawn Gaming. Again, Big ups to Duncan for putting together those best of Amigos moments. Those were those were yes. gold. Thank you, Dunk. And thanks to everybody that suggested them. In the chat, I want to say a shout out to Tenmark, Amiga Cami, Amiga Gamer twelve hundred, Awkward Aardvark is here, Ball eight five seven, Barkbit, Bike Me, Brock one hundred one, uh, Chip Chip Crunch Chip Chip, <laughs> Dag twenty ninety nine, Delamort seventy eight. Dios MTG, Droop Dog, Edvin Helland, Electrical Longboard, Extra More, Figgy, 78, Frodo NL, Gary Heather, Jigglebox, Girly, Great Algae, Hermski, I am Paul H, Ice Wizards, Jabasoft, Jiffy Onyx, John Marshall 3, Casserin, Laserdisc, L, Curtis B, Leaf Kellon, Leif Kellon. Sorry, I will make an endeavor. I will endeavor in 2021 to say your name correctly. Listen, your Welch is horrible. I don't know what you're doing with Leif. Luke DK, Macintosh Librarian. Uh, maybe I look out of his window. Mitsuyama, Nagram, Nelson Doc, Orom, Olaf Hope, Paul Kitching, Picard 2010, Pi Gravity, R Typer, Real Refi, Retro Fox, Ricky DeRosha, Pi Rob, Gravity, O'Hara, Sawyer Lead, Sinlao. The Slow Norse, Treyguard 82, VNK, Vector Prunk, Vigoro, Vigoro Pros, Wide World of Retro, and Z9K9. Man, what a, never has such a, 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 a conglomerate of talent been, been put together in one chat room. All of our yes. favorites, plus some new friends. Good, good, good to see you guys. Thanks for showing up. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, let's see. Edvin says, anyone on for a Discord video chat after the show? So if you're on the Discord team, feel free to jump on there. Uh, let's see. Uh, we got, uh, uh, what else? Oh, and we're going to close. We're going to close the chat this evening. We're going to close the show with the final best of video of 2020. This was the unforgettable night when Aaron performed live at the Coal Miners Lounge in Culloden, West Virginia. I, I, I opened song, for the midgets, boat. <laughs> a song near and dear to all of our hearts. We're going to close the show out with this song. Thank you guys for watching. We'll see you. Have a wonderful 2021. We'll see you next week. Until then, adios. adios. Heavy Systems, Inc. 
Bundy, Frag Lord, Mark Marlin, Olive Hope, Hermski, Jonas Simulant, Ethan Little, Alan Breeder, Dave Velociraptor, Cowboy Boy Bird. Dinson, Luke Hudson, John Cook, on the base, Roshi, Frodo, Sanger, Fake Mage, Jurgen, Mr. Cola, Daniel Williams, Bernard Lucas, Jerry Dennington, Soul Glove, Corner Kid Reflection, Simon Lash, Captain Crispy, Kilobytes and Caffeine. Gary Heller, Free Lunch. Kate Fox, Dave Pickford. Cameron Armstrong, Andy Jones. Lobsterminator. Ten Minute Amiga Retro Cast. Bernard Quinn, RMC. Timmy Drew, Simon Rose. Joseph Harrison, Kyle, Ether, Matthew Larimore, Andy Craig, Chonzo, Buck Bitt, Roland Buck, Andrew Monks, Joe the Zombie Lee Perone, Ricky DeRosa, Creepy Dead Boy, Biggie CTZ, Slow Norse, Stephen Sagan, Monson, Evan Helen, Melinda, 75, Christopher Hasso, Robbie Lauren Jaru, Graham W. Vipkey, Alan Brattersby, Fro Brian's Vintage and Retro, oh, Gary Huck and C. Brian Jones, Paul Harrington and Duncan Styles, Kate from the Crib, Josh Nan and Brattersby, oh, Jonas Rulo! H.T. Eric Nelson, Tim Conry, Holmes, that Daniel Beeston, Brutal Barracuda, Darren Cold, Jason Warnes, Pixels of Dawn, and Kobe Orange, Bombing. Oh, thank you, my friends. The Patreon list. It's hard to sing to.
Thank you very much, everybody.